1: Hello, and welcome to the Nutrition Diva podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel. A listener wrote with some questions about sourdough. He says, I use homemade whole grain sourdough daily, and I'm convinced it has exceptional health benefits, but I can't find any nutritional info on it. It seems to me that it has to have probiotics, for instance. With so many people stuck at home over the last year, bread baking in general, and sourdough in particular, have seen a big rise in popularity. And I think that many people share this listener's conviction that sourdough must somehow be more nutritious than just regular bread. But are those beliefs backed up by any science? Sourdough is a traditional method of making bread that's a bit more time and labor-intensive than modern methods, and maybe that's why we assume it must also be better for us. A lot of bread these days is made with dried baking yeast, which are reanimated when they're combined with warm water. And then when mixed with flour, the reanimated yeast start to digest the sugars in the flour, releasing carbon dioxide gas. And this gas gets trapped in pockets in the dough and causes the dough to rise. Sourdough bread also uses microorganisms to generate the gas that makes the bread rise. But in this case, lactobacillus bacteria are the ones doing the heavy lifting. These bacteria, along with some uncultivated or wild yeasts, are naturally present in the flour as well as just in the air. So to make a sourdough starter, you just combine flour and water and you let it sit loosely covered for several days in a warm room and just let nature do its thing. As the bacteria in the flour start to reproduce, they give off carbon dioxide gas and lactic acid. And eventually, you end up with a tangy, bubbly mixture with enough oomph to leaven a loaf of bread. So sourdough bakers will typically take a cup or two of this starter out of the batch and then replace it with fresh flour and water. Because unlike a packet of dried yeast, which you can store in the fridge for years before using it, a sourdough starter is a living, breathing colony that requires ongoing care. If you don't periodically add more flour to it, the bacteria will run out of food and die. And this is how people end up hiring sourdough babysitters when they have to go on extended trips. Bread made with sourdough, as opposed to baking yeast, has a characteristically sour or tangy taste, and that's one of its chief attractions. The texture of the bread is also usually a little denser, moister, and chewier than yeast-risen bread, which adds to its charms. And the lactic acid also acts as a natural preservative, meaning that sourdough breads keep well without a lot of added preservatives. Because the specific microorganisms present in a sourdough depend on the type of flour that's used and the kind of yeast that happen to be hanging out in your kitchen, every batch of sourdough has a unique personality, even a terroir, and one that's constantly evolving. And this can be a source of frustration as well as joy. If you talk to a sourdough baker about his starter you'll soon start to get the feeling that they're talking about a member of the family, or at least a pet, with a variety of quirky traits and preferences. It's not uncommon for bakers to name their sourdough. An opera singer friend of mine, for example, named his Brunhildo. (laughs) If you somehow get really lucky and get a really good starter, one that produces a nice springy loaf with the perfect balance of tanginess, you can get even more neurotic about it. Or at least so I'm told. Seriously, really good sourdough starters are valuable. Not like GameStop stock or anything, but still, I mean, you could divide it and give it as gifts. You can even sell it Case in point, I was once on a hiking vacation in Wyoming and Idaho, and one day we had breakfast in a diner where the pancakes and the breads were made with a famous 100-year-old sourdough starter that had been continuously cultivated since pioneer days. So obviously we had to buy some of that starter. For the rest of the vacation, we carted this stuff around in a Tupperware container, carefully keeping it out of drafts and direct sunlight, occasionally adding more flour and water to keep it going, and somehow we managed to get it all the way home to Maryland without it leaking out into our luggage. And I'm afraid I no longer have my hundred-year-old starter today, but I did keep old Jedediah going for several years before that relationship fizzled out. Turns out he was just too needy. In any case, I think you can see why sourdough lovers might assume that sourdough has exceptional health benefits, the same way we just know that our poodle, or our four-year-old, is smarter than the average ninth grader. You can just feel these things. Although I'm not sure that they rise to the level of exceptional health benefits, sourdough bread does offer a few advantages, and most of these stem from the lactic acid left over from the bacterial fermentation, and not from the bacteria themselves. Whatever beneficial bacteria are present in the starter, they will probably be destroyed by cooking most lactobacillus bacteria are only viable to about 112 degrees Fahrenheit. So while sourdough starter could be considered a probiotic food, sourdough bread would not. However, the lactic acid may render some of the nutrients in the bread more absorbable, and also reduce the presence of compounds that sometimes irritate sensitive guts. Although sourdough bread made with wheat would still be off limits for those with celiac disease, many people with non-celiac wheat sensitivities find sourdough bread a little bit easier to digest. There's also some data suggesting that sourdough bread might be less likely to spike your blood sugar than a non-sourdough bread, and much has been made of this. But at least one really well controlled recent study found no difference between sourdough and regular bread on average in terms of the way they affected blood sugar. However, in this study, they did note a huge variation in the subject's blood sugar responses to both sourdough and regular bread. The effect of bread on your blood sugar appears to depend more on the individual and perhaps their microbiome than it does on the type of bread. And as always, I have links to the research that I reviewed for today in the show notes. You'll always find those at quickanddirtytips.com. Really the biggest factor in the nutritional value of sourdough bread is whether it's made with refined or whole grain flour. Whole grain sourdough will be higher in fiber and certain nutrients than sourdough made with white or refined flour. And both might be slightly more digestible than their non-sourdough counterparts, but a regular whole grain loaf is usually going to be higher in fiber or nutrients than a white sourdough bread. So a whole grain sourdough bread may be one of the healthiest choices in the bread category, but that's not a license to abandon all restraint. Even sourdough bread is still bread. Although it may be one of the culinary highlights of your meal, it's unlikely to be the nutritional superstar. So you'd still want to consume sourdough in moderation and not at the expense of other more nutrient-dense foods. Now, if you're hoping to get some of the benefits of sourdough without all the labor involved in tending your own starter and baking your own bread, you can purchase your sourdough bread ready-made. But be aware that a lot of what's sold in supermarkets as sourdough is actually sour faux. You see, there's no legal definition for the use of the word sourdough on a label. And breads made with regular yeast may include just small amounts of sourdough for flavor, but still be leavened primarily with yeast and contain little, if any, lactic acid. More frequently, they'll just use vinegar or even lemon juice to mimic the sourdough flavor without providing any of the benefits. So check the ingredient list. A true sourdough bread will usually contain just flour, water, and salt. That label may or may not include the word starter, culture, or levain, which all mean the same thing, because those are also just made with flour, water, and salt. But if you see yeast in that ingredient list, that's a pretty good tip off that you're not dealing with a true sourdough bread. And a long list of chemical preservatives is another clue that it's not the real thing. So if you've been fermenting or baking up a storm, share some pictures of your favorite starter or the stuff that you've been making with it on the Nutrition Diva Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com slash Nutrition Diva. And I also want to invite you to check out my new podcast with Brock Armstrong, also known as the Get Fit Guy. Our podcast is called The Change Academy, and it's all about the art and science of behavior change. And you'll find that wherever you listen to podcasts. The Nutrition Diva Show is written by me, Monica Reinagel. edited by Karen Hertzberg. It's produced by Nathan Semmes, and our fabulous team at McMillan Audio also includes Morgan Ratner, Emily Miller, Michelle Margulis, and our director, Kathy Doyle. Thanks so much for listening, and remember to eat something good for me.